Well, stand up for Jesus. And we need to stand up for him today. And when you stand up for him and speak out for him, don't be surprised. The devil's not happy and he will bring things that will disrupt your, maybe your Christian life. But we have the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can thank him for that. He has won the victory over, the, over death and hell through his offering on the cross. So welcome back this evening. Uh, praise the Lord for the word that can be shared. This was shared this morning. We are drink, drinking of the water of life, freely gushing forth to the whole world through the Lord Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. Wonderful provision. Well, <clears throat> tonight we continue, I believe, part five of knowing our enemy. And to know, our, know your enemy is half the way to victory. Because you know what he will do, how he operates. And we've looked at different aspects. We've seen his purposes to victimize, to villainize, and to vexate believers. <clears throat> and he'll do this through many means. And we looked at two sessions on that, part one and part two. 16 deadly deeds of the devil we considered. We've seen his past, his past violations. We looked briefly, 1 Peter 5, but we mainly went to that portion in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And the, fall, the fall of the devil and his sin, I will, I will, I will, he said five times. But uh, in that, we didn't look at all his violations. The scriptures speak of all of those in the Old Testament and how he committed violations against God and against the people of God, against Israel and the chosen nation. How he caused them to sin and he scattered them. He caused them to fall by the wayside and become of no, of no testimony to the Lord, their God. But he'd committed many violations. He tried, he tried right through, right from, from Genesis, right from Cain and Abel to kill the promised seed that would redeem us from our sin and our fallen estate. And he tried to kill the kingdom of David. He tried to kill the lineage of the Lord Jesus back then. And it came to a point where there's only one child left to carry it on. One king child that the, that the Lord preserved through, through godly and good men and women. These were preserved. But his violations have been many in the past. We look at his present, his present vocation as seen in his prescribed names, which we looked at last week. And now we look at his present vocation in his personality and his nature. And so let's do that for a while today, this evening. His present violations as seen in his personality and his nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15... The Apostle Paul distinguishes between <clears throat> certain bodies, different sorts of bodies. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 39, we read there, All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, and another of birds. 
let's say we eat a steak from a beast. We eat fish and we know it's different. And then we have chicken, birds, another of birds. There's different types of flesh. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Celestial is heavenly bodies. Terrestrial is earthly bodies. We're in a terrestrial body here. Extraterrestrial, we say, well, the Bible calls it celestial, is something out of here, a different body. And this is what Paul has said. He, the devil is a real person, though he doesn't have a body like ours, but he can take on the form of a body. He's got a celestial body. He was, he was created an angelic being, the son of the morning. And there he was guarding the throne of God. And so he's given this body. So he is a real person. He didn't lose this when he fell into sin and said, I would or I will, I will. And uh, <clears throat> you can read about that in the next verse, celestial, terrestrial. We read that, verse 40 of 1 Corinthians 15. So <clears throat> he is a person, just as God the Holy Spirit is a person. We say Holy Ghost and oh, that's a spirit or Holy Spirit. But he is a person and he has the traits of personality. The devil has the traits of personality. He, he knows how to try to trick and to deceive other personalities, humans, because he can think and he can do these things that we do. The devil... <clears throat> in his personality and nature, possesses intelligence. We read in the book of Jude about this. In Jude and verse 9, we read there, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. And so there was a contention between Michael the archangel and the devil in times past about the body of Moses. And there was an intelligent um, discussion or debate between. And even Michael the archangel, when contending at that time, said, The Lord rebuked thee. Hey, we ought not to pick, try to pick on the devil and say, well, <clears throat> we can do him in. Michael was very careful. He knew the power of the devil. He knew that this is a very intelligent being. But he's not a wise being. He's made very unwise choices in what he's done. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, we read, lest Satan could, should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So he is intelligent and he's laying traps, he's laying down devices for us to put our foot in, for us to be tripped up by. And so <clears throat> he possesses that intelligence to do that. And he's been around for over 6,000 years practicing. You cannot outwit the devil. 
as we said, Michael didn't try that. In 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, Paul said this, But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Careful that the devil doesn't beguile you as he beguiled Eve. Through his subtle approach, through his intellect, he thought through this before he tempted Eve. He thought through, how can I best do this? I know what I'll do. I'll use the word of God. And she won't pick up how I'm making her question the very word of God because I'm quoting the word of God. So he, he possesses intelligence. And he's, we might say, far more intelligent than us humans. He has been around, he has been in heaven, and he, and he has access to heaven to accuse the brethren even today. And it says in the Revelation that he would be cast out of heaven, down to earth, in the tribulation. So <clears throat> he does have access there. So he has, he has a lot of knowledge of a lot of things that we don't have. Only through the word of God we understand and experience of what he tries and does get up to. <clears throat> he possesses memory. There's the episode of we, that we read about of the temptation of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 this morning, this evening. And there <clears throat> he possesses memory. We see the amazing episode there of the ministry of the Lord or the beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus when he was tempted. And we're reminded in that portion of scripture that the Lord Jesus had committed to memory the scriptures and he used the Lord Jesus quoted scripture on each occasion that he was tempted on three times. The Lord Jesus had memorized. But Satan, and sometimes we overlook this, also had memorized scripture. And he quoted them. <laughs> and he saith unto them, unto the Lord Jesus, in Matthew 4, verse 6, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And so he had memorized scripture. Just because somebody says, well, I'm a Christian. Just because a person says, scripture, quote scripture, be careful. They may have taken it out of context. They may have spiritualized it. They may have allegorized it. They, they have twisted and, as it says in Second Peter chapter 3, rested. That's like twisting the scripture to their own destruction. Don't do that. That's what the devil does. Let's take it at face value. Let's take it literally, unless it specifically says that this is a parable or this is an allegory. Now you got that in, in Galatians and other verses, but it always gives what it means in the scripture. <laughs> and if it's not in the immediate scripture, as we are told to do, compare scripture with scripture. It might be a long way from where you're reading. You'll find the understanding of that portion. But let's not do what the devil did 
in misusing the scriptures. And I find it more and more today that people are doing that. Resting the scriptures. Wrestling them. Twisting them. And that's why we, as I've said many a time, we have the cults and the isms all around the world today. We have come to the, as it were, the end of the church age, the end of the ages, when all the, the culmination of all these things of past false doctrines put out and promoted by the devil have come upon us and they've become large organisations, money-making rackets, evil men that are resting the scripture and trying to arrest souls through that that they're doing into deception. <clears throat> so the devil quoted scripture. In fact, it's Psalm 91 verse 11 and 12 that he quoted from. Do you even remember? Do I remember what's written in Psalm 91? Have we memorized that psalm? I wonder if the devil in his intelligence had been thinking, now what should I do? What should I use? Had he thought this up, these three temptations of the Lord that he brought upon the Lord at that time, had he deliberately gone aside now, and yes, he's intelligent, so it wouldn't take him as long to memorize as we, but had he thought through it, let, laid it all down, now this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tempt him here, and with this, and with that. There were these three temptations, and these are the verses I'm going to use. Well, these are part of the verses that I'm going to use. I'm going to drag them out of their context, and I, context, and I'm going to make them mean something that I think will be pretty convincing. <clears throat> Don't do that to scripture. Satan, it would seem, has committed to memory Bible verses. What about us? And let's do it in its context. And I, I have found and from, a, a young, from being very young and memorising, well, in my mid-teens, memorising Bible books, the whole book, that if you memorise the whole book, as you're going through it, a marvellous marvelous thing happens that you're memorising maybe chapter 5 and you'll see how that ties with chapter 1 because it's in your mind. And you compare scripture with scripture. And if you memorise books, not just one, then you'll be in a book and you'll remember, oh, uh, Peter's speaking about that, I'm memorising. But Paul spoke about that too. And you know the Lord's promise that when we're on the spot, he brings things to our remembrance by the Holy Spirit that lives in us. For the occasion, speaking, testifying, preaching, ministering, studying, meditating, all these things the Lord can do. It's an important aspect of our Christian life that we need to memorise so that we can meditate upon Scripture. <clears throat> Let's listen to what Satan's memory also contains in Revelation chapter 12, what he can do with his memory. Revelation 12 and verse 12. And would to God he'd listen to the scriptures that he knows. And I wonder how often he's read the book of Revelation. He completely missed it. That he is a loser. And he's going to lose the final battle. But still he won't give up. And he will take as many down to hell as he can. In his evil desire to condemn men and women for we are under the condemnation of our sin and it, <clears throat> we read in 12.12 12 of the book of Revelation 
Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. How does he know he hath a short time? Because in his memory he remembers what's written in the book of Revelation. It's got a short time. In fact, I think at this time, in this reference, he's got three and a half years left of the tribulation. He knows he's got a short time. He understands the Bible better than a lot of Christians. But just because you know it in your head, it hasn't affected his heart. He hasn't changed his attitude <clears throat> toward God and toward the Word of God. He has not obeyed the truth of the Word of God. He disobeyed way back and hasn't looked back since in disobeying. And Christians, we have the opportunity to repent and change. Well, and and, and non-believers too. But here he knoweth, he hath but a short time. He remembers what the Bible says. And he is stirred up with wrath and anger. And he's going to display his real being in that last three and a half years like he has never done before. And he will certainly vexate the citizens of this world terribly. And he will want control. He, he, he wants control. You know, we, we talk about controlling people. People who are very, with their attitude of life, they want to control people. You know where that comes from? This old devil. He wants to control. He wants to wrest the control of mankind and all that God has created from the Lord himself. And God's not going to have it. Satan is not going to wrest the control. God is in control, as we have in Scripture. Read Romans chapter 8, the last about 10 verses there. You know, principalities, powers, we're protected. We're under the blood. We're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he has great wrath, and he knows it, that his time is short. <clears throat> he misleads saints and sinners alike. In 2 Peter 3.16, <clears throat> He has wrath there. He is very upset, and we've, we've looked at that one already this evening. He possesses, fourthly, a will. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy and 2.16, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. He has a will. You know, this, is, this makes him a person, a real person. He has intelligence. He has memory. Just like we people made in the image of God have, a, have intelligence, memory, and we have a will. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8, there it talks about those that will not obey the gospel. They are they're under the fiery wrath of God for, for not obeying the gospel. And so many times we're told to <laughs> let our will be the will of the Lord and to know his will and not to be stubborn. Disobedience and stubbornness, as it's said of King Saul, is as the sin of witchcraft. The devil is disobedient. <laughs> he chooses to be so. He's chosen to be so. And back there in Isaiah chapter 14, what we looked at partly last week, he said, the devil said, I will, I will, I will. 
when we have children in the home that are stubbornly rebellious, they say, I will do what I want to do. It's my body. And <laughs> society is telling them today, yes, it's your body. You can do what you want with it. You're at the age of when you can make those decisions and do what you want. We are not our own. We are brought with a price. We are to glorify God in our bodies. And young people, remember that if you're a Christian, you're not your own. Even if you're a non-Christian, your body, your life is a gift from God to you. And we need to submit ourselves to the will of God and not go off with the devil doing our own thing, doing what we want. We are saved to serve Yes, we're set at liberty. We're set at liberty to serve God and to do his will and not our will. <laughs> oh, that we'd get that. Yeah, some people say, oh, I'm at liberty to do what I want. I can go and do this and I can do that and presume upon the grace of God. God forbid that we do that. And they're just saying the old saying of the devil, I will do that. Well, personality. He's a real person. He possesses emotions as well. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired thee that he might sift you as wheat. He, he has desire. He possesses emotions. He wants to get Peter. He knows that Peter is a leader. He's a leader of the apostles. He knows that he's going to be that because God has already, the Lord Jesus has already told Peter that. You know, you're a rock, Peter, but upon the rock, the Lord Jesus, myself, I'll build a church, but you're, <clears throat> you're a little pebble and you're going to be a leader. And Satan desired to have Peter. And did he? Yes, he did. Remember on the night of the capturing of the Lord Jesus Christ? And they all fled, but Peter did stand his ground and John and Peter went to where the Lord was being examined. And uh, the, the, uh, the devil was sifting him that night when the little maid, through a little maid, <laughs> you know, you're one of them. You're a Galilean. I know you. And he, and he denied the Lord thrice and the Lord looked at him and their eyes met and, uh, and Peter's heart was smitten because he had been sifted and failed. How often we might do that and will have done that. He has desire he desired to sift Peter. He has pride. <laughs> and uh, Paul described this in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 6. Not a novice less being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. <clears throat> pride is a horrible thing. Pride of race, pride of religion, pride of accomplishments. You know... It to see a person that has succeeded in life, as we say, and yet they are humble is good to see. It should be in every Christian. It's not I that do it, but the Lord that lives in me. <laughs> we ought to humble ourselves, as Peter said, and James said, under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time and that due time might be heaven might not be down here that we get the exaltation hang on hang in and it'll come don't 
be overcome by pride. How often that's happened in our lives. Might be the pride of the family. Pride of you know when 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 that happens, you can be ready for the fall. You can be ready for the tumble. You can be ready to be, tri- to be tripped up when we become full of pride. God does not want his children to be proud people. He wants them to be humble. It's the humble that will be exalted, not the proud person. Satan possesses the emotion of desire, of pride, and of wrath. He can be angry, as we saw in Revelation 12, 12 a little bit ago, that he having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Yes, he has wrath, and this is an, uh, an emotion that he has. And when the devil gets angry, things fly. You know, when people get angry and do stupid things, you read the book of Proverbs, what happens in an angry man, and it says, have no company with an angry man. You pick up his habits. <laughs> have you ever got angry and, and you see, see people... I haven't punched the wall. But you to see him punching the wall and headbutting and doing stupid things, they're just plain angry. And they, they hurt themselves. And they make themselves look foolish. They don't, don't realise that. If we, if, be, be ye angry and sin not, the scriptures have said. The old devil, devil is wrathful in his anger and he loses it. He loses it, especially in the last half of the tribulation in the last three and a half years he loses it you read the book and see he actually murders the the religious organization that gets him into power he he takes on the jewish nation that god is protecting the third of them that are left and he pours out of his mouth a flood it might be a flood of armies or or intimidation against the nation of israel but god protects them he just does stupid things Ridiculous things as it's living there. And then he gathers all the nations together to the battle of Armageddon to fight God. Has he lost his senses? Yes. Because nobody can raise a hand against God and win the battle. And he is a person. And it's all shown in these things. He possesses intelligence. He possesses memory. He is a real person. He possesses a will. He has emotions, desire, pride, wrath and he possesses great organisational skills as well. And read in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He is organising people who say they are believers and are not, they're not the real deal. He's organising them in the last days in which we live right now. They profess they're godly and they're not. And they're seduced by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils. Forbidding to marry. Forbidding to eat meat. Does this sound familiar to some organisations that are religious organisations? Yep, they've been deceived by the devil. This is doctrines of devils. Seducing spirits sent forth to seduce them. In Revelation 2 verse 9, it reads there to the church. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. The church will believe at Smyrna. And I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Satan has organized his synagogue. Satan has organized his teachers, his preachers, his ministers. 
in different parts of the world. Revelation 2.24, But I say unto you, But unto you say I, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you no other burden. The depths of Satan, his personality. <laughs> I was, it was the devil who organized and led the re first rebellion. The first rebellion against God in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4. We read this, Revelation 12 and verse 4. <clears throat> And his, tr yes. his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and it he cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to be delivered to devour her child as soon as it was born. Here, <clears throat> he led the biggest rebellion and revolt of the angels. It drew, he drew with his tail, as it is, as it's written there, as it were, a third part of the stars of heaven. That's not the luminous bodies it's the angels that he deceived into following him a third went with him and so he organized this rebellion against god it will be the devil who will organize and lead the last rebellion he organized the first rebellion that happened in heaven when he led the angels to rebel against god and he'll lead the last rebellion against god in revelation in chapter 20 Verse 7, Revelation 20 and verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He's locked up for one thousand years after the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation, he's locked up. And he shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to the battle, the number of them who is as the sand of the sea. And they went up to the breadth of the earth encompassed the camp of the saints about the Jerusalem, the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This is his final. He was locked up for a thousand years. He's had the heat under him for that thousand years. He's, he's tasted hell for that time. He's let loose. No repentance. And he, he goes out to deceive the nations. <clears throat> and so he has, he, in his present vocation there, He's organising, as it were, the first rebellion and the last rebellion. The last rebellion being that, uh, and on this occasion, and it is interesting that in the last rebellion, he goes to the descendants of Gog and Magog, the atheistic countries, an atheistic country of today, that rebels against God and tries to wipe out Israel in the very near future, with Turkey and Iran and other nations. But some of them in that country are redeemed and are still alive at the end of the tribulation because they have multiplied over the millennium, over the thousand year reign of Christ. And when Satan goes to lead a rebellion, they're the ones that are mentioned. You know, what we do as parents and grandparents and great, 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 great grandparents can influence their descendants in years to come. Toward godliness or toward ungodliness and toward, toward the devil or toward God. What are we doing? How are we influencing people? What is the legacy we're leaving? I pray that we would know our enemy as seen 
in his, some of his the personality and nature that we've seen this evening. That <clears throat> it was a devil who systematically subjected Job to the things that he did in Job. You read Job chapter one and verse, or chapter one and chapter two, about what he did, and we know. Christian, know that the devil will systematically, as God allows him, try to destroy your testimony, try to get you to sin so you, you've got no testimony, try to stop you from doing what is right. He is on the job 24-7, 365 days a year for the entire entirety of the life of the believer. He is on the case and he is trying every which turn to stop us. And if we keep on resisting him, if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will give us the victory. But as we submit to the Lord and as we use the scripture, as the Lord Jesus did when he was tempted, and the devil leaveth him. And the devil leaveth him. At times he will leave off tempting us. And, you know, the devil can only be at one place at one time. But he's got all these demons that do his do his wicked work but have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 and 12 in, in concluding we read put on the whole armour of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Brethren, be prepared, know your enemy, and know that we're not wrestling against people, we're wrestling against those who are inspiring those people to do those wicked things. And yes, it might even be, I say Christian in quotes, a Christian in quotes, that is trying to discourage you and dissuade you, even professing themselves to become Christ, being Christians and are causing havoc in your life. Remember, we're not wrestling against them. We're wrestling against those that are the one that is inspiring them, the devil. It's clearly put. And in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, now I know in context it's talking about the resurrection, but we can take an application from that. And from those verses, verse 57 and 58. Thanks be unto God that giveth us the what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, the, and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't succumb to the enemy. Have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's won the victory and ours, our victory is through him to the glory of God for all eternity. And you're on the winning side. We've read a little bit about what's going to happen to the devil in the future. He's a loser and all that follows him, follow him are going to lose, lose big time and for eternity. For the Christian, it's victory and heaven. And the blessings of being in his presence and with the saints, hey, in fellowship, that we aren't as much as we would like to be down here, but in fellowship with the saints for eternity. And none of us will have our old natures and the prickly bits of us. 
Praise God for what he's going to do. God give you the victory as you know the enemy. And we'll look at, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks, the remainder of the thoughts there <clears throat> about the preoccupation and his practices. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we have been warned. We can be armed with the word of God, the, the sword of the spirit. We can put on the armor of God, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Lord, these things that we need to arm ourselves and, and protect ourselves with. And may we have the victory as we go forward. May, may we not be fearful, but <clears throat> recognize the power of the devil. But we don't have to submit as we submit to the Lord Jesus. We don't have to submit to his temptations. Bless us as we have the victory this week in our Christian lives, moving forward for the glory of the Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.